All right, do we have a format? We're we just going to go with that one. I mean, I thought I'd check in with you on your weekend. Oh, man, what I do this weekend? I went to Six Flags Friday. We went to the mall. We went to the mall. Friday night. That was nice. Saturday, Carrie was under the weather, so I was just home doing that. I mowed the lawn. Oh, nice. Well, why don't we start so that we can... Okay. Make sure we get all this authentic banter in there. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Destiny Midweek, episode 5. Episode 5. I'm Mark Bell. Cinco. Matt Bell's here with me on a wonderful Monday afternoon in San Antonio, Texas. Matt, how are you today? Doing good. It's good to be here. I'm glad to have another Monday, another opportunity to come and Hop in the chair and do another podcast. Great. Did you have a good good weekend? Had a good weekend. A blessed weekend. Mm, blessed. Got to spend some time with the family Friday night. We end up going to the mall. Did a little Chick-fil-A action and walked around with the family. It was a beautiful evening. That's great. Wasn't too hot out there? It wasn't. It was it was just right. And and they had they had all the store windows open or the doors, the store doors. Mm, mm-hmm. And so you'd walk by a store and get that blast of air conditioner and then sweat a little bit and get to the next door and they'd be blasting you with their AC. So it's great. It really was nice. It was a nice evening together as a family. That's good. What about you, man? Uh, let's see. Friday, we went to Six Flags Fiesta, Texas. Yeah, how was that? It was great. They That was the first night they do their Fright Fest. So they let the demons out into the park. Mm. But we left before that happened because my children are a little frightened by Fright Fest. So you just went for the fest. And we just went the for fright. the fest, yes. The And we skipped the Fright had a great time. The weather was nice, as you were saying. It was a beautiful night. And uh, then we happened to go to the mall, too, and, and ran into you. That's right. Uh, you did. I remember that. And uh, so it was great. Cousins enjoyed getting to run around together. Yeah, that was uh, quite the entourage we had. You know, those seven kids just running through the mall, you know, and us trying to keep track of all of them. Right to varying degrees of success. I think at one point there was like three of them in the fountain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. We also saw Rudy Gay there Rudy at the Gay. mall. Hey. San Antonio Spur. Shout out to Rudy. I'm sure you're listening. Rudy, if you're listening, we were the ones that were trying to sneak a picture of your backside as you walked past us. It's great to see you, Rudy. Looking forward to a good season. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm excited about this podcast i think we've got a great one in store for yeah. you yeah we've got a great host of questions that have come in so thanks to everyone who have who have sent your questions in we also have some new name suggestions oh really so it looks like we might not be settled in on destiny midweek wow. just yet wow so breaking with, news here we go first one m and m talks m and m talks m and m talks uh, i've 
I've gotten a few of the M&M. I think people like, they think that's either cute or tasty. Uh, do they want us to be sued by Hershey's <sighs> chocolate? Is that? Maybe. What they're hoping? I don't, I don't, I don't know. know if we can use that. Right. I think you probably could if if you have talks after it. I mean, I know we're both really sweet. Okay, the next one is is very simple. It's just the word. The word. The word. The word. <laughs> Which is cool. I mean, obviously we're talking about the word. Obviously. At some point in this these podcasts, we will talk about the word. The word. But, you know, I, I kind of wonder if maybe that's just a little too broad for what we're doing. You know, we're going we're gonna to take all of these name suggestions. We're going to put them in a document. And we're going to look at them. Look at them. Mm-hmm. Just and look a, at it. Yeah, at, at a future date. We're going to see if anything jumps off the page. And so this will be in the mix. It's in the mix. We got one more. Unamas. Bible Talks with Matt and Mark. I, I definitely agree with the order of yeah, the I names. Yeah, I was going gonna to say something about that. <laughs> definitely like the second part. I really think Mark and Matt r- just flows a little bit better. Mark and Matt. I can barely even say that. that Matt and Mark. Yeah. No. Yeah. So okay. that, yeah, well, def- that, I mean, that's in the, the top five for me. No, well, I mean, I can edit it before we put it in that document, so oh, okay. we can work on that. Well, anyways, we had a we had a great time at church yesterday. Really wonderful time. God's doing some great things here at Destiny Church, and we thank Him for that. Always, and we had our fifth installment in our series on the Book of Jonah. Yeah, number five. How do you think that went yesterday? I thought it went well. I uh, really felt a good response from the church, and I'm very thankful for our church that loves God's Word and loves going through books of the Bible together and loves learning about God and His plan for their lives. So, yeah, I think it, I think it went well. The big idea, the big point was that all of us are called by God to share his word. And specifically, all of us are called by God to preach the gospel, just as Jonah was called to carry his word to Nineveh. We are called to carry God's word to our family, our friends, our community, the nations. That's right. And so that was the big idea and the big point. And then I talked about a couple different ideas to help people in their efforts of sharing God's word. Yeah, it was a really good message. I had to catch it on Facebook after the fact because I was up up the hill with the children. Yeah, you know. Yep. Um, so I hopped on there on Facebook, and and I was really encouraged to see the interaction that we have with our Facebook viewers yeah we've got some very faithful people that that jump on there and contribute and you know someone noticed your haircut did you see that 
Did I see that I had a haircut? Yes. Did you see you had a haircut? Also, did you see the comment that someone left talking about your I haircut? I think I saw, I did see, I did see a comment. I can't remember what it said. So it said, got that fresh haircut for that fresh outpouring of that fresh word. Yeah. Fresh to life. Eat your heart out. <laughs> Not really sure how what that last part means, but I, I was that was great. I did get a haircut. You did Saturday night. I was looking in the mirror and I thought, you know what? It's getting a little shaggy here. And thankfully, I live with my barber, and so I woke her up and said, "Cut my hair, please." Do you want to? Expand on that just a little bit so we're not my confusing. My wife cuts okay. people's hair and my hair. My wife, Heather. That's awesome. It's a great cut. Thank you. I, I've, it's got to be in the top five of I will say that's what I thought me. as well. I mean, they've all been good, but there's something special about this one. Yeah, she really put her whole self into this one. Eat your heart out. Eat your heart out, people. Look at this haircut. <laughs> so yesterday you had three main points. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I wrote them down as I was watching your video on Facebook. I thought maybe you could tell us which which point you thought the congregation responded to the most. Yeah. Love to do that. And uh so the first one, God works through broken vessels. Second, the word of God has power. And the third is the results are not your responsibility. Yeah, so I think the one that the, the people really uh, responded to the most was probably the first point, which is that God works through broken vessels or broken people. And that's looking at Jonah. And Jonah is definitely broken. He's definitely someone who's got some issues. He's, he's got a hard heart. He's disobeying God. He's prejudiced against people who aren't Israelites, yet God still uses him and works through him, and that his past doesn't disqualify him from being used by God in the future. And so I, I really felt that that was really resonating with a, a good group of people there, because I think a lot of people get beat up over the stuff they've done in the past, and they feel like they can't be used by God, and that's just a total lie. Right. It's just a total lie of the enemy that we can't be used by God because of our past. And so I brought up the example of the Apostle Paul and his past, which is horrible, yet God still used him incredibly. I mean, the best missionary the world's ever known. And he would say he had the worst past. The worst past, the chief of sinners, he says. Mm -hmm. And so if God can use him and God can use Jonah... God can certainly use me. So I felt that that really resonated with people. Um, but the other two points I actually think are more important with sharing the gospel. Um, that one, once you get over point one, that you really need to have confidence in those other two points, that God's word has power and that the results are not our responsibility. And so I, I, while the first one I thought really resonated with people and hopefully it was helpful to the church, and as they get over that and moving forward, it's really the confidence in those second two points that 
will cause them to be fruitful in sharing the gospel. Yeah, I think the results are not your responsibility. I really enjoyed that one. It was good for me. Um, that was that was something I felt held me back a lot growing up. I mean, I knew obviously growing up in the church, I knew the Bible talk and all that, but I just felt anytime I felt God saying, "Hey, go talk to this person," I would always think, "What? What if they ask me this, or what if they say this?" And I was building a case against myself because I didn't know all the answers. Right. So I think it's, it's, you know, we just got to be faithful to what God is asking us to do and put the rest in his hands. But And he can do a lot. He I can. Mean. But it's also important for us, a good reason for us to be in his word so that we can have confidence that we at least are equipped with something right to say yeah well i think i think probably the majority of of the people in our church have have been in church a long time and they've sat under and been through a lot of good teaching and they know the word and they know the gospel especially and so it's time for for us to be sharing it more and one of the best ways to learn something better is to do it more. And you even learn the gospel more as you present it. There's something powerful about how that works. So, yeah, I thought it was a good a good time. A good time in God's Word together. That's great. Was there anything that, that you left out that oh, yeah. you didn't get to? Oh, man. I mean, I'm just so thankful we have this podcast. because it's, it's a great avenue. It's a great avenue for oh, yeah. things left out. Yeah, a couple of things, uh, three points especially. Oh, wow. Yeah, so the first one, I touched on it briefly, but really didn't have an opportunity to get into it uh, deeply, and that is just the brevity of the sermon that he preached. In the Hebrew language, it's only five words. Jonah's sermon is, yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And this fits under... The second point that I brought out yesterday, that the word of God has power, but I wasn't able to, to really zero in and talk about how, even though Jonah's sermon was so short, that God's word still has so much power. And it reminded me of the story in the Gospels when the multitudes are following Jesus and they don't have anything to feed them. And they find the little boy with a few fishes and a few loaves of bread. And when that boy gives what he has to Jesus, which isn't very much, he can take it and do amazing things with it. And if we will, if we will the same use what he's given us, it might not be a lot. But if we will use it for him, if we will give it to him, he can he can do more with it than we could even imagine. There's no limit. No limit. That's really good. So you said you had three things that you yes. left out? Yeah, so the other two was that Jonah's sermon is just bad news. It's judgment. It's a sermon of judgment. And how the gospel message starts with bad news, that we are sinners who need a Savior. Jesus' message was one of repentance. It was the same thing, repent. That's what Jonah 
is in a sense calling them out to do. He's saying judgment is coming. Jonah leaves out the part of repentance because he really doesn't want them to, as we'll find out in chapter four. He just wants judgment to come. And so Jesus comes and his message and his first message is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, that judgment is coming. And the message that Jonah brought was only this message of God's judgment. And so one of the things that I would have loved to get into yesterday was that for us to truly present the gospel fully, we have to talk about the bad news, that we, because we are sinners and sinful We are living under the judgment of God and that there is a future judgment coming and that we will pay the price for our sin. The wages of sin is death. And so even in the book of Romans, the apostle Paul starts the first two chapters talking about sin and the problem of sin. Now the world is going to be judged because of sin before we get to the solution. The problem is always presented first and how so many people today do not want this message to be preached. They do not want the righteousness of God, the justice of God, the, his judgment against sin to be preached, that it should only be a message of love and forgiveness. And yes, it is a message of love and forgiveness, but forgiven for what? Loved in spite of what? And that is our sin. So that was the second, that that sometimes this message needs to be presented and that we as Christians should not recoil against it. You know, I've seen videos on YouTube of people who uh, preach in the streets mm-hmm. and they'll go into the streets, uh, streets and they will preach the gospel. And they will say, unless you turn to Jesus Christ, you will die in your sin. You must repent of your sin. There's grace, there's mercy. We're living in an age where God is extending to all of humanity grace because of his great love, because of his great patience. But we must turn from our sins. We must put our faith in Jesus Christ. And the people that get the most angry with these people who preach on the streets are so-called professing Christians. And they, they, they argue with these preachers and they'll say, you're not presenting God right. You're presenting God as a God of justice or a God of judgment. And and I think we should just be loving people and not telling them about their sin. And and it's it's amazing to me that it the people who get the most upset should be the people who understand this the most. And what you'll see is a lot of times when these street preachers get into dialogues, and you can go on YouTube and watch this, This is what I watch instead of football. (laughs) I don't spend my Sunday afternoons watching the Cowboys. I spend my Sunday afternoons watching people preach on the street. But anyway, what what you'll find is that when when these people who profess to be Christians, when when they really start to have a conversation, they really don't understand the gospel at all. They they've made up a God in their image that really doesn't represent the God of the Bible. And they themselves need to be converted and need to be saved. And so when the gospel is presented, we have to present the whole gospel, the bad news and the glorious good news. 
of Jesus. I think you said it really well that you can't always just give them the solution. They need the problem. And, you know, thinking of that in terms of like a math equation or a math problem, if you just provide them the solution without seeing what it's a solution to, yeah, it won't make any sense. It doesn't add up. Right. And so I think by doing that, you're giving people a false sense of security or hope. And if it's not rooted in what you've been saved from, if it's not rooted coming from the problem, then the solution doesn't add up. So that that's something I would have loved to have been able to talk to our church about is, listen, when I'm presenting the gospel and I'm, I'm talking about sin and God's justice and God's wrath against sin, it is loving that I'm doing this. I'm speaking this because I love the people there and I want them to hear the full truth. And I, I would have loved to have been able to talk with our, our congregation about that just so that they can have a, a better understanding that God works through that message. And we see that here in Jonah, that the message of justice, the message of God's judgment against sin, that there are certain people who respond to that. And it reminds me of a friend that I have who grew up in church and all he heard was that God was a God of love and he was into his mid twenties and he was just living like the devil because he thought, you know, God's just a God of love and I can do what I want and God loves me, blah, blah, blah. And he was interested in this one girl and she invited him to church at her church. And and he showed up one Sunday night and the preacher was just fire and brimstone. You have to turn from your sin or you're going to burn. And that this message just gripped him. The conviction of God fell upon him in a way he had never experienced. And that night he gave him, he gave his heart to Jesus and was radically changed and radically transformed. And so I, I think that sometimes we as Christians, because we, we love people so much, we don't want to offend them. We don't want them to be hurt. Let's have confidence that God works through his word and as we present all of it not cherry picking the parts that we like and removing the parts that we think are offensive that god ultimately will save sinners but i also think there is a right and wrong way to do that and i think you know personally i've seen a lot of the wrong way to do it where these people will just focus on one type of sin sure and just attack that group with judgment right and i don't really think that does anybody any good because you know sadly what we've seen is a lot of a lot of these pastors and that that they all have faults as well and a lot of times these judgment crusades it comes from a it can come off as self-righteous right and so i think there is a balance i think you you need to share the whole story but i also think there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it exactly it reminds me of this passage in first corinthians that i would have loved to have read but didn't have a chance to but it's first corinthians chapter 118 
It says the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. In verse 21, he says, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. Verse 23, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews, folly to Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And then in chapter 2, verse 2, he says, I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And so when we're talking about the cross, what Paul is saying is that through the proclamation of talking of God's judgment against sin that was poured out on Jesus in our place, that it's through that process that God miraculously saves people. And we cannot be afraid or ashamed to preach that message, even though it is offensive, even though it can be a stumbling block, that our flesh needs to be offended if we're going to receive the spiritual message that God has for us. So was that your second point or third point? I lost track. That was the second point. Okay. The third thing that I would have loved to have shared is it has to do with Jonah's sermon. Now, Jonah's sermon is in chapter three, verse four. It says, he went into the city a day's journey and he called out yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Jonah's very clear and definitive. He says, this is what God is going to do in 40 days. But then in verse 10, after they repented, after they gave up their wicked ways, it says that when God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil way, God relented of the disaster that he had said he would do to them, and he did not do it. And so what is interesting and that I wish I had time to share yesterday was that the word, which is translated here, overthrown, is the Hebrew word, and I'm going to botch this, hafak. (laughs) (laughs) How do you say (laughs) this? How do you say this? Read it. What does that say? (laughs) How do you pronounce that? I don't know. Oh, my God. (laughs) I was not ready for that word. Hafak. I would say hafak. Hafak. What did I say? Hafak? You said hafak. (laughs) Hafak. Is that a short A? Or a long A? I don't know. I would just stay away from fuck. All right. It's spelled H-A-P-H-A-K. All right. Anyway, what this Hebrew word means is to turn about or over, to change, to overturn, to return, to be converted. And so this word that he uh, that Jonah uses, overthrown, can actually mean or be translated overturned or that it could be turned over. And so what Jonah prophesied actually came true, that his prophecy came true, that the city of Nineveh would be overturned or turned over and 
in, in the, one of the Hebrew definitions, it even means converted. And so it's not that his prophecy didn't come true. It's that it actually did in a way that he was not thinking that it would happen. And so to me, that's just really cool how Jonah was prophesying one thing and thinking it was going to happen one way, but God fulfilled that word in a totally different way, but that was still consistent with the message that Jonah brought. So that brings us to our questions. And we actually have a question that goes right along with that third point you were just talking about. And the question is, in verse 10, God repents of having said he would destroy Nineveh. So God changes his mind, but isn't he all knowing? Why does he do this to show Jonah and Nineveh a lesson? If so, what lesson? So did God change his mind? So I don't believe that God changes his mind. I believe that God is all-knowing and he knows everything from eternity past. I don't believe that anything surprises God. One of the clearest examples of this is in Isaiah chapter 46. And I'll just read a couple of excerpts from Isaiah 46. But verse 8 says, Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old. For I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times things not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. So God does not change his mind. This, is, this verse is so clear that what God purposes to do, he will do. And here we see that there's another way to read what Jonah said, that the city would be overturned or turned over, and that that actually happened. The city was turned upside down. And so God did not fulfill the prophetic word in one sense of bringing disaster, but he did bring it to pass in another sense of them being turned around or being converted. Very interesting. So where this speaks to us is that we should not pigeonhole ourselves into making God fulfill his word in a way that we think he should, that God can fulfill his word and will fulfill his word as he thinks it should be done and fulfilled. And that oftentimes the way we think he should do it is not the way he thinks he should do it. And so that's where a lot of people get disappointed in God or God failed me or how come God didn't keep his word or his promise to me to whatever? It's that, no, you misunderstood what the word was and applied it wrongly. And you were making the word say something it was never intended to say. And so we got to be very, very, very careful about doing that, especially when we get into issues of God's blessing. God, you promised to bless me. And this happened or that happened, realizing that God's idea of blessing is totally different from our own. 
It's good. Brings to mind the verse that says, His ways are higher than our ways, His thoughts higher than our thoughts. Which is also from Isaiah. And so Isaiah is giving us a picture of how God thinks and how God sees the world. Awesome. So we have quite a bit of other questions. We may not be able to get to all of them. We'll get to all of them. All right. We're going to get to we got, all of them. We got this so is, much tape to use. This is what this is what the podcast is for. That's what it's all about. Another question is, after Jonah disobeyed God, why did he decide to recommission him? This is referring to verse 1 in chapter 3. Right. Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. Yeah, so our past does not disqualify us from being used by God. Romans 8.1, there's now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. The enemy wants to beat us up for the things we did in our past. Jesus has paid the price for those things. We are no longer sinners. We are saints. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are a new creation. And so the past is the past, but God is still working in us today and through us today. And if God only chose to work through perfect people, he would have no options. He would have nobody to work through. And so God chooses Jonah and and works through Jonah again because God loves Jonah. And as we're going to see in chapter four, God wants to teach Jonah some very important lessons. And that's the same reason why God works through us is because he loves us. And as we work with him, we learn in a more intimate way about who he is, his nature, his character, his purpose in the world, his purpose for us, his love for other people. We learn all of those things as we work with him and he works through us. And another question, and this is a question we got from a few people, is why were the animals included in the nation's fast and repentance. This just shows the level of their seriousness in repenting before God. It shows how fully they received and embraced Jonah's message and how how they took it to heart and they said we we have to change from the greatest to the least. We're all going to change. We're all going to repent. We're all going to renounce the evil that we've done. And maybe, maybe God will see our hearts and give us grace. And they extended it even to the lowest of the low on the totem pole in their society, which included the animals. And this was just their way of saying how seriously they had listened to the message. And a lot of times in our lives, we need to go to these levels of severity when it comes to repentance. If, if we believe God is calling us to turn from something, to make those drastic choices, to completely rid something from our life and I think a lot of times we can stumble back into sin because we aren't willing to make such a, an extreme change or to fully repent. And then we see ourselves back in the same situation that we thought we were repenting from. So we have another question and it is, how can we tell if the storms in our life are God trying to speak to us to get our attention or if they're just happenstance. 
Wow. Some really great questions today. I'm going to say this is the best round of questions we've had. It really is. And hopefully this is making for a really good podcast. Hopefully. Hopefully. You know, that that's something that we always are walking through and always thinking, at least I am. You know, what are you trying to show me, Lord? What are you trying to teach me in this season or in this situation? I don't believe in happenstance. I don't believe in that. And I've, I've had many discussions with friends of mine who do believe in coincidences, who do believe in happenstance. And I, I just simply don't believe in those things. I believe that the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord and that nothing happens to us by accident or by coincidence, that God divinely works in our lives. And so how can we know if, for example, the, the bad thing that we're going through, if that's a storm because of sin in my life, or it's just something I'm going through because we live in a broken world. Either way, no matter what, I believe God's always trying to show us something, always trying to teach us something. And so we should always be seeking and searching out God's heart in every season, in every circumstance. And so a great place to start is, Lord, is this something in my life that's the result of a sin or the result of me straying off of your path and to genuinely seek out the Lord and to seek out his heart and to, to try and get clarity and understanding or to say, Lord, is this just something that is part of living in the broken world? And if so, what is it that you're wanting me to learn? What is it that you're wanting to teach me? Why is it that you've brought this into my life? I, I don't believe it's an accident. I know it's for a purpose. So Lord, show me and teach me what it is that you want from me. And in all of those things, it's a way for the Lord to draw us closer to himself and closer into relationship with him. And sometimes we may not always get the full answer or the complete picture. I think of earlier in the story of Jonah when, you know, the sailors, they were going through a storm, but it was because of Jonah's sin. And... God brought the storm and we see that the sailors came to a point of repentance, but it had, it had nothing to do with their circumstance or their sin that brought on that storm. It was Jonah's sin, but God was using that storm that really was a result of Jonah's actions to bring those sailors to repentance. So there's going to be times in our lives where we may not fully understand what God is doing and who he is working through with the storms that we are going through personally. And we may never, we may never see it, right? I mean, that might be something we have to wait until heaven. And God says, remember that time that you had this happen to you and you can never figure out why? Well, 15 steps down the line, here's what this accomplished for somebody else. And I believe that that is how God works. And we, a lot of times we just are unable to see it because of, our perspective. Great. Two more questions. Do we have time for two questions? I've got time. I don't know if the listener does, but I'm I'm not here. I'm not hearing anything from the listener, so I, I guess we have time. Uh, the next question is: Why do you think it only took five words to change the hearts of the people of Nineveh? Do you think there was more 
to that message. And had there been anyone else who had preached a message of repentance to them before? So some people think, and in the commentaries that I've read, there's two camps. Some people think that there was more to the message that Jonah gave a full presentation of repentance and judgment and God's justice and wrath against sin and and turning from sin and faith in God and that he didn't just preach a five-word sermon. That's one camp that thinks that there was a lot more that was shared. And there's, there's another camp, and that's the camp that I'm in, that believes that this is all that Jonah said and that the results were nothing short of miraculous. And for me, what I see in this is, again, point two that I shared in the sermon yesterday, that truly the Word of God has miraculous power. The Word of God has miraculous power. And the results of sharing God's Word are left up to Him. That He brings about the conviction and He brings about the repentance. But also, this fits into the larger theme of Jonah which is that everyone and everything in this book is receptive to God's word, except the Israelite, except the prophet, except the man of God. And, and one of the larger themes as we go through this is that the storm obeys God, the sailors obey God, the fish obeys God, There's going to be a plant that grows up and obeys God in chapter four. And here, the wicked, evil, horrible, godless, idol-worshiping Ninevites even obey God, except the man of God. And it's this dichotomy of the fact that sometimes the people who obey God the least are the people who know and worship him the most. And that's part of the bigger message of Jonah is that we as God's people need to be sensitive to God's word and obey God. And again, I think it goes back to just how powerful God's word can be if we will be faithful in sharing it. Because even if, even if Jonah for 40 days preached in the city and preached an incredible sermon, it would not explain the results. It wouldn't fully explain the revival that took place. It truly was a miraculous intervention of God in this city. So I got a couple of questions sent to my Instagram. And the first one is, what was the time period from when God first called Jonah until Jonah finally completed what he was told to do? I would say probably less than a week. We get the sense from Jonah chapter one that as soon as God spoke to him and gave him his assignment, he got up from that time of prayer and ran to the other city, Joppa. Uh, Joppa, you could get there in about a day, probably. Got on a ship, headed in the wrong direction. There's a storm that takes place. He's thrown overboard. He's in the fish three days and three nights. He spit up on dry land, goes to Nineveh. It's probably over the span of a week or so. 
All right, so our last question of the day actually comes via Instagram. This was sent in as a video. Wow, high tech. And it took me a while to even figure out how to, to play this thing. But I've got the video. We're going to play the audio for you. Wow. This is from Nick Garcia from Destiny Church. Let's check out Nick's question. My question is, what was the culture like at the time that the people and the king of Nineveh were so quick to listen to what Judah had to say that they were willing to repent and do all that stuff? So from the text, we, we, we are not given any kind of answer for that question. There is some archaeological studies and things from history and anthropology that we do know that there were a couple of different things that had happened in Nineveh that might have made them pay a little bit closer attention to Jonah, like famine, and they had lost some important battles. But even with that in mind, it does not explain the wholehearted repentance of everyone in the nation, from the king to the nobles to everyone at the lowest form of society, that they all together with one voice humbled themselves and repented. The only thing that can explain it is just a miraculous conviction of the Holy Spirit that fell on this people at this time. And it shows us again, just the power of God's word. And I I know I've said that many times on this episode, but we as Christians, we should be more confident in the power of God's word. That's one of the things that we should take away from this. And knowing this, trusting this, believing this, that God's word has power, we should be more confident to share it and to speak it and to proclaim it any opportunity that we have. That's powerful. Thank you. So that's, that's it. We, that's, those are our questions. We've deeped, deep, we have deep dove. We have answered your questions. Um, real quick, to all our ladies that are listening out there, uh, we are having a ladies' night this Thursday. So tomorrow night, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, uh, September 19th at 6.30 p.m. It's going to be a great time for all the ladies out there. Come on out. We're going to have food provided. And it's just going to be a great time of fellowship and connecting with each other. We just had a men's fellowship this past Monday. Yeah, so we're really excited about what God's doing in the men and the ladies here at the church. And so come on out Thursday at 630. It's going to be an awesome time of fellowship for the ladies. Hey, real quick, since, you know, this is really short podcast and we have plenty of time. Do you got a tease for the last sermon in this series of Jonah? Yeah, it's going to be a doozy. It's going to be hard hitting. It's going to be convicting and it's going to touch your life. So come on out. It's going to be a blessing to you. Jonah chapter four. All right. Well, that's it. Episode five of Destiny Midweek. 
Hope you have a great rest of the week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.